and welcome to our first ever episode of Backstage at the Baths with me, Lizzie Welch. I um, I work here at the at Scunthorpe Theatres as the marketing officer um, and I will be taking you through this journey interviewing all our acts and things like that. First things first though, and who have we got to open our first episode? Well, we searched high and low and thought for a long time and thought, who is the biggest star that we have got that visits Scunthorpe Theatres? And the answer, of course, is Darren Johnson, a.k.a. the amazing Annie Fanny. After an amazing, amazing panto run this year with Cinderella, everyone is absolutely singing his name and we were thrilled to get him on here to talk a little bit more about Annie Fanny and the man behind him. Here's what he had to say. Welcome, Darren, to the first ever episode of Backstage at the Baths. It's very exciting. <laughs> it I'm very, very excited exciting. to be back so soon after Christmas. <laughs> You're not like Michael Bublé. We don't just take you out the box at Christmas. And oh, they do. They do. They put me in a little cage under the stage. <laughs> I'm there. I have to listen to everybody. Calabro, I have to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we wanted to get you on here because loads of people they see you on stage they know Annie Fanny obviously you're like the biggest celebrity that ever existed in the <laughs> it's a small list to be fair it's a small list um, but loads of people don't know I guess the man behind Annie Fanny so it would be really cool to get to know you a little bit better and give everyone a look behind the uh, Behind the scenes, behind the, the scenes, dame. Behind yeah. the dame. So, and the, the biggest question I always get asked, like everyone, <laughs> uh, everyone asks me, what do you do when you're not any funny? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> it's a really good question, and I, I do get asked that an awful lot. Um, uh, and Annie Fanny does take, it takes up a remarkably uh, large amount of my time because not only am I on stage as Annie Fanny, I write the panto, so that can take uh, an awfully long time. I've not even started on Beauty and the Beast yet, but I'm thinking about panto as soon as, as, soon as the, the car's packed at the end of one season. I'm driving home thinking, right, okay, Beauty and the Beast. Who's got to be in that? What can we do in that? What can we do that's magical? What can we do that's different? What can we do that the people of Scunthorpe uh, want to see? Uh, and so I start thinking about it then. Uh, but obviously thinking about a pantomime doesn't pay the bills. So what, what my, uh, what my really? real job is, if you like, I, do, I write scripts for conferences and do um, big conference events, host them for like uh, Costa Coffee and Pizza, Pizza Express and um, Whitbread Hotels and Restaurants. So I do, I do the, um, the big conferences for them, so I write those. I take their message, which, which can sometimes be quite corporate, and I don't quite Annie Fanny it, <laughs> but I do try and make it a bit more, a bit more palatable, a bit more uh, uh, user-friendly. So that's what I do, and that's, uh, that keeps me busy. That's pretty cool, actually. That's yeah, really it's, good. It's a good job. I mean, because sometimes in not in not in uh, not in not for everybody, but sometimes you'll go into meetings with big, very important corporate clients, uh, and they can look at your three-year forecast and point to an Excel sheet and tell you exactly where your uh, your sales are going to take a dip. But then you ask them to talk about Christmas in front of five thousand store managers, and they go, "Oh no, oh no, I can't do that." <laughs> so I do, I do a lot of work uh, around that. And that keeps me busy and entertains me immeasurably. Yeah, keeps the creative brain going, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking something, t taking like ingredients for things where the, the, the no offence, but the marketing department in some places will say, <laughs> it's very, very important that we read out all the ingredients for this muffin. And you think, oh, they're not going to, nobody wants to hear all the ingredients. But they're very, we're very proud of our ingredients. 
yeah, but nobody really wants to sit and hear that. No, but can we please put the ingredients in? And I say, all right, then I'll put your ingredients into the script. And then they have to stand on stage and there'll be three ingredients in and they'll say, why do we have to read all these ingredients out? <laughs> well, because you asked, you asked me to put them in. I can take them out if you like. Uh, and so, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be able to do that kind of work. Um, and it's totally different from Panto. Totally different. Yeah. But for many years, I, uh, I was a, a drama lecturer at Wakefield College. I taught um, uh, for 10 years in the special needs area at Wakefield College, teaching drama to, uh, uh, to the special needs students there, which was absolutely the best job in the world. I loved that. Amazing. Well, yeah, because lots of people don't actually know that you're not from, really, from round here, right? I'm not from Scunthorpe. No, my dad, <laughs> many years ago, back in the 70s, before, before me, I think he, he, he spent some time working the steelworks because he was a miner, but then, um, obviously... Uh, things happened in the mining industry and so he went to work at the steelworks and my my, um, my magic nana stayed in the uh, stayed in Scunthorpe she used to live in Old Crosby but I'm, no, I'm from actually from Wakefield so I come I come all this way <laughs> all this way to entertain the folks of Scunthorpe but I love it I love it I, should, I wish I'd bought a house here 17 years ago I'd be a lot cheaper than the digs that I have to uh, pay out for every year. Yeah. Yes, because I'm assuming you do not go backwards and forwards every no, night. No, no, it's too dangerous. The M62 is a cruel, cruel mistress. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I know, I'm, I've come tonight. I'm going to watch the um, Scunthorpe Little Theatre doing Frankenstein the Panto tonight. So, I'm um, after I've done this interview, I'm going to go and watch that. And I know for a fact that when I get in the car and try and head home, I'll get to the M180 and there'll be a diversion <laughs> and then I'll get into the M18 and there'll be another diversion and about three quarters of an hour later I'll be back at the Tesco's roundabout thinking I wish I'd never even set foot out of the house. Uh, so it's too dangerous. I'd hate to think that um, we'd got a 10 o'clock show in Scunthorpe and I'd, I'd set off in good time but before you know it you're circling Wetwang and Ferry Bridge Fire <laughs> power station thinking I'm not going to make it on stage I'm not going to make it so it's safer I feel a lot safer staying in Scunthorpe there's less risk less less much less risk and obviously it's a great month you know staying in Scunthorpe it's fantastic it's I I do love it and the the tragedy is I see very little of Scunthorpe when I'm here because the the panto takes up so much of your time when you've got we'll come into the theatre for a 10 o'clock show and it's dark and then when we leave after a seven o'clock show, it's also dark. So uh, I don't get to see much of Scunthorpe in December. And I, I've been here when it snowed. I remember one year when we were back at the Plowright. It's going back quite a few years now. But the snow came in thick and fast. And there were huge snow drifts outside the Plowright. Um, a couple of the crew got snowed in and had to stay in. Uh, obviously the pantomime couldn't go on so I just had a little wander around Scunthorpe and it looked beautiful <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it looked yeah. beautiful in the snow oh apart from the um, what's the name of the funeral directors over the road from the Plowright I will never ever forget this as long as I live they they were to clear the drive because obviously you don't want oh, absolutely, you don't yeah, want yeah. a line of um, hearses outside the building to clear the drive they were using coffin lids <gasps> to scrape the snow oh, no. the, it was just I couldn't believe what I was seeing but I thought yeah Good on you. That's, a, that's one way to clear the <laughs> well, snow. Well, there's a world isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I guess, brings me on to something that I do get asked quite a bit as well. So when, obviously, Panto is all-encompassing in December, mm. it is, and sometimes you've got three shows a day, like, um, yeah, 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 she's yeah. crazy. So when that finishes, when you've done that final show on uh, New Year's Eve, do you feel relieved that you've got a little bit of your life back again, or do you immediately miss it? Like, what's going through your brain? I think a bit, a bit of what your body is telling you 
you know, you need a dad because I mean, this year I got the the flu or the cold or whatever it was that was <laughs> going around. You couldn't, we, you just couldn't escape. But what you can't do is not go on and absolutely do your best to make sure nobody knows. With your voice, obviously, it, it sometimes. And it funny sounded a bit like this towards the end, <laughs> but um, but we still we still went on it. And you just have to you have to um, keep going. So at the end, your body is saying. Phew, thank goodness that's over. And my body knows on the 1st of January, I just, I, I went to bed and I, I woke up about 15 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> just, you, you do uh, control, alt, delete on life. And I've still got the little wheel of, the wheel of uh, rebuffering is still happening a bit. But what are we on now, the tw- 11th of January? 12th, 12th of January. Of January. Yeah. So You've even lost a day. I've even lost a day. <laughs> I, must, I knew I was in bed for a long time. But my wife's very good. My wife, Ali, she lets me, she knows that January is, is out. Don't, don't do any plans for January. Um, but I do miss it because people, still, people are still um, engaging with Annie Fanny on social media and the TikTok thing that's just gone crackers. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that that's still happening, so I keep checking in on that, and I do get little pangs. And I tell you what, it's really weird, and it it, it must be um, a muscle memory thing. But for about five or six days after Panto's finished, at two o'clock and seven o'clock, all of a sudden I feel like <laughs> I, I, I sit up wherever I'm going. I should be doing something. Why 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 am I not? Why can't I hear an audience? Why? And I'll find myself stood in the kitchen like this with my hands clasped together under my imaginary boobs, and Ali will say. You're standing like Annie Fanny. Oh, sorry, sorry, dear, sorry. I won't do that anymore. But yeah, so I do, I do miss it, and it's, and, and I'm terrible. I know that the um, the rest of the cast uh, that we were in a, a, a WhatsApp group, so we all know, you know, can somebody let me in the building for a start? That's the most popular thing. Are we going? Are we going to Dime Bangla for a curry tonight? Uh, and I leave the group chat because I, I have to sort of switch off from it. But I know for a fact that that group chat is still going. And I, and I know for a fact that, that Jess, who played Dundini this year, she's still in the group chat from Snow White <laughs> at the Plowright about 10 years ago. So she uh, um, she clings on that way. And I just, um, I'm terrible at keeping in touch with people. Really, I'm terrible. Uh, but I have to switch off. I have to start thinking about the rest of my life. <laughs> so I guess on the rest of your life, there is no Wikipedia page. Shock horror for you. What's that is there about? Not? What's that about? Um, I don't know. So maybe I'll start making it for you. Maybe you should. <laughs> um, but how did you get into this then? How did you get into theatre as well? Was it something always on your career path? Or? No, I was uh, when I was at school. I was uh, I was at, brought up in a, a little mining village called Crofton in Wakefield. And me and all the other lads at school, just my dad was a miner, his dad was a miner, my mum's my dad was a miner, everybody. And so he just thought, this is it, we're going to go down the pit. So we don't really have to. Uh, nobody really wanted, nobody ever said, I can't wait to leave school and get underground and get filthy and get bow-legged and, and get silicosis and uh, die tragically young. We went, but we just thought, we don't have to worry too much because we know we can always get a job with our uncle so-and-so down at the mm-hmm. pit. But then in about 84, Margaret Thatcher, uh, who had different ideas about my <laughs> career path. Uh, and so we, literally in my, in my year at school, kids were just going, oh, what are we going to do? There's no future in this. What? Uh, and so there were lots of painters and decorators. Some, some of my friends and cousins joined the army. Uh, and I quite fancied that for a while. I thought, yeah, I quite fancied the army. But then my drama teacher, Russ Whiteley, at, at school, um, said I think I think you should audition for the um the National Youth Theatre. I'd I'd never even heard of it. I was quite good at drama and as my mum said I was always good at acting the goat. <laughs> so uh, so he said, Yeah, audition for the, the National Youth Theatre. 
because um, I think I think you I think you've got a, a natural talent for 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 working on stage. So I went with that really. I auditioned for. They helped me. Him and Mr. Smith, the English teacher, they um, wrote me an extract from Patangian Kipperbang, and uh, I auditioned and got in to the National Youth Theatre. Loved every single minute of it. The first year I was there with um, hundreds of young, like-minded people who who all all into theatre. Where in my village there weren't many <laughs> lads that were into. Acting the goat, as my mum puts it. So to be to spend the whole summer in London was just fantastic. And so I went and asked my mum if I could go back the next year because it was quite expensive back then. Um, and then the following year, I was there. I was in the same year as um, David Walliams and wow. uh, what's his name, James Bondy Bly, Blondie Boy. What's his called? Daniel uh, Craig. Daniel Craig. I was in the Maritzad with Daniel Craig. So I spent a summer with Daniel Craig, and his he played uh, Jean Paul Marat, and he spent the whole summer with his shirt off in the bath on stage. <laughs> so how jealous are you, ladies hey, and gents? Spent the whole summer with a topless Daniel Craig. Uh, and his eyes really are that blue. Are you still in touch? I'm not as <laughs> no, This is the tragedy. The following year, I did I did um, Blood Wedding at the Bloomsbury for the National Youth Theatre. And he was a, a poor starving actor then. He was at, at drama school. Uh, or he might have just finished did he just finished but he came to the theatre and he couldn't afford a ticket and we, we were having drinks afterwards and uh, he came to the the, the the box office doors and he said oh, I'm, I won't come in I'm, uh, I, I, I haven't got any money I said oh I'll, I'll buy you a drink so I bought him a bottle of salt and I gave him a bottle of salt so he owes me a drink if I ever see him again <laughs> but no it was very he was, he was always going to do really well um, so he's James Bond and I'm Annie Fanny I think that's where would you rather be Oh, well, do you uh, know what? Loads of people in Scunthorpe then were really hoping that they'd be sat in the audience for one <laughs> pantomime and Daniel, they'd sit, turn left and be like, you make Daniel Craig. It could happen. It could. Now he's not Bond. He'll be at a loose end, possibly. <laughs> we'll see if, we can, see if we can get him into the panto. Uh, <laughs> Who is he in Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> he could be anybody in Beauty and the Beast. He could be on box office if he wanted. <laughs> uh, but no, really, really, really lovely. And then so from that, that, that engendered the, the love for theatre. And so I just went to my local theatre, the Theatre Royal Wakefield and asked if there were any uh, jobs backstage. I joined the youth theatre there, which was um, uh, a fantastic experience, and then started working backstage. And part of the, um, a big part, as it is in every theatre, the pantomime is hu a huge deal. And I used to work backstage on there. And they had a brilliant dame there, Dougie Brown, who we sadly lost last year. Uh, and I used to just stand and watch this man have the audience absolutely in the palm of his hand. Never stayed on script, hardly ever... Um, but you could tell that the other actors felt safe on stage with him because no matter what he did, he could always get them back on, on track. And I'd, they'd be, I'd be in the wings, supposed to be changing scenery, there'd be scenery falling down behind me, things flying out, and I was just watching. Uh, and at the end of every season, we'd do a cod panto, an alternative panto, where the crew would t do a Mickey take, if you like, <laughs> of, the, of the actual panto, which was ruthless some years, really <laughs> ruthless. One year we had the... Um, <laughs> And I think it, it was Dougie's wife played the fairy and we, we sent on the biggest, burliest stage crew member dressed in, we had made this fairy fairy outfit out of bin bags. <laughs> and, and he did this cod Cornish accent going, such is my power. <laughs> and it, so it was quite ruthless. But um, the director watched, watched that every year and he said, one year, do you want to be in the actual thing next year? And I never looked back. So I went on as wishy-washy the following year. I was awful, awful, <laughs> just awful. Because although they ma they made it look so easy, and it's not easy, 
Um, the first time I played Dame in Nottingham, I'm pretty sure I must have been terrible then. But over the years, you learn what people uh, like to see. They learn what you can get away with. They, you learn um, what your limits are. I don't put myself in big musical numbers <laughs> because I'm no Michael Bublé. I you know, and I've tried. I remember John Spillers asked me to sing "Car Wash" one year. I think in Weymouth. Well, it was. You could see the audience do a quarter turn to the left as soon as I started singing. And you think, right? Well, there's a lesson learned. Don't don't give yourself any numbers to do. Um, but I've done pantomime every year since from the age of sixteen, and I'm I'm fifty now, fifty one this year. So that's a long time. Do you still get the fear that you don't know? I guess that's the thing with Panto, isn't it? You don't really... You've got the script and you mm. sort of stick to it. But, like... <laughs> sort of. But, the, obviously, you've got a fear. You don't know what's going to happen. I've not had the fear for a, a long, a long, long time. And I th people say, you know, nerves are, nerves are useful, nerves are helpful, nerves are important. But I just don't... I'm so comfortable with... with uh, with the material because I write it myself and sometimes we've done you know the, the title a few times before I'm so comfortable because I think I genuinely know what an audience in Scunthorpe want to see and so what is it to be afraid of really if something goes wrong it's not Chekhov with there's nobody <laughs> going to say that oh, I think you'll find that the words are uh, so we, we, if if like this year case in point the fire alarm went off very early on in the run <laughs> did it the well, fire no, alarm went no off, mentioned it and um <laughs> So that, you know, for some people, that would be a career-ending <laughs> moment because they'd just fall apart and not be able to cope with it. I think we coped with it very, very well. We made it part of the thing, so much so that people have said to me since, was it part of the show? Was <laughs> and I, I know a curtain came down the year before, but a complete evacuation of the theatre? Even I'm not brave enough to... You are uh, not getting to... that past our ops manager. No, I don't, think, I don't think that would happen. As fun as you could make it, you could make it... Um, there could be all kinds of invisible theatre going off outside. Uh, people did take videos and photographs while I was outside in the car park in my bloomers uh, bra and T-shirt. And people were taking pictures and nobody... So if you've got any of those pictures, please share them. Send them to Annie Fanny. I'm dying to see what we look like. And Motley Looking Crew, indeed. Yeah. So um, I guess what brought you to Scunthorpe? You, you said you've, you've been doing Panto for ages, but what? obviously you've been at Scunthorpe for quite a while now. What? what 70, I think this will be 18 here? years. I'll tell you the, the, a really sad story now. Are you ready for a sad story? Oh, no. Prepare yourself, everyone. My, my, um, my magic nana, who used to live in Scunthorpe, every year would say to me, why don't you, why don't you ring up the... Why don't you ask the Civic if you can be in Panto here? And I was like, Nana, I can't just ring up the Civic and go, hello, you don't know me. <laughs> but my Nana says, can I be in your pantomime? It doesn't work like that. Please tell me that's what you did. And she said, no, she said that every, she used to say that every year. She, oh, I'm not coming down to Weymouth. Oh, I'm not going to Hemel Hempstead. I'm not, Oxford's too far. Um, thanks for the support, Nana. Um, ask him, ring the Civic, ring the Civic. And I, I, I said, I can't do it. So I did um, Weymouth and my, my Nana passed away on um, Boxing Day the year that I was in Weymouth and it was it was all very sad and the very next job offer uh, that I got oh have no. a guess oh yeah. no it is a sad story it's such a sad story <laughs> and but then the the, the 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 nice thing is that uh on the first the first day the first show of uh Snow White that I did at, uh, in Scunthorpe I walked down to do my bow at the end uh put my hands out and a butterfly <gasps> 
this is true. People were there. People will tell you. A, a butterfly came and landed on my finger. This is in December. What are butterflies doing out in December? It came and landed on my finger, and I put it up to my ear, and I went, what's that skip? Little Joey's trapped down the well. <laughs> Did a little joke, and it just stayed there. And I said, take a bow, then. <laughs> This is, this is in front of a live one. And this, this butterfly just did a bow and flew off. I didn't think anything of it. I went home and told this, recounted this tale to my mum. And she said, that was your nana. <laughs> didn't look like my nana. <laughs> Wasn't smoking for a start. Uh, and she said, no, that was definitely your nana. And she said, because um, the only thing I took from your nana, uh, uh, the only thing she ever said that I could have, uh, is that there. And she pointed to the one and there's this, uh, like, pottery butterfly on the wall so she said so i think my nana, and that butterfly has been back a few times since i had a butterfly land on my hat in doing yeah. a play in plow right that's my nana magic nana magic it nana. got the best laugh in the night i was <laughs> livid what's going on with the plow right and butterflies your nana lives there she must do yeah yeah so yeah so that's how i ended up in scunthorpe and then usually i'd just do I do two years wherever I went. I did two years in Oxford, two years in Wakefield, two years in Nemo Hempstead, um, because you think, all right, I've done, I've done my stuff there. And then when I came to Scunthorpe, it was, I think I, f- I found my people. <laughs> uh, oh, you have. It was the it was the Annie Fanny thing, I think, because saying the first character was Annie Fanny and the next character was supposed to be um, Widow Twanky in Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And so when I tried to say hello everybody and get them to shout hello Widow Twanky. A good section of the audience was shouting, Annie Fanny. <laughs> and I thought, oh, we're not going to get away with this. Then the following year, I was Dame Dottie. And the kids still shouted when I shouted, hello, everybody, expecting them to shout, hello, Dame Dottie. They were just shouting, hello, Annie Fanny, <laughs> because they loved shouting Annie, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I think we've got, it, we've got it on video somewhere where we said, from now on, shall I just be Annie Fanny? And they, they just went ballistic. And I found it very hard to um, to leave. After they just kept asking, "Who do you want next year?" We'll have Darren back because I think the first year. I don't when think you are allowed to leave. I don't think that would be absolute right. The first the first year that I did here was with uh, Spiller's pantomimes, um, and uh, the following year he, he said Johnny Spiller said, "Oh, we're not, we're not going back to Scunthorpe because it doesn't make any money," and the audiences were very very small. Um, and so then when Tony Pierce, the current producer, took over. He said to them, right, who do you want then? Who do you want in your pantomime? And they said, um, they said, oh, can we have H from Steps? And they went, don't be silly. Don't be silly. And they said, oh, well, if we can't, if we can't have H from Steps, because it, it just wasn't making any money. It wasn't, it wasn't doing any business. Don't be silly, you can't. And they said, oh, well, if we can't have H from Steps, can we have Darren back? Uh, and then it just, it just snowballed from there. Uh, and the audiences just got bigger and bigger. And so we'd, we got to the point where I couldn't even get a ticket at the plow right. Um, and we, we, we had to cram so many shows in, it wasn't good for our health. And so we, they kept saying, do you want to move up to the baths? And we said, no, 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 we love it at the plow right because, you know, you can see the audience are there. You, you, can, you can see the, the, the fear in the men's eyes all the way to the back. Um, but it just got to the point where they said, we're, we're, we're turning down so much business it's it's unfair that the schools can't come and this and so we we um excuse me we relented and, and moved up to the baths and it's um it's a different panto really it's because it's, it's a different it's a different feeling but it's when the when the baths hall is full and we are rocking blimey there's no feeling like it absolutely at christmas eve show 
yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. biggest, isn't it, out of them yeah, all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that atmosphere must be immense. You have to remember that there are people at the sides, and I'm sure some <laughs> kids just like run down to the sides. Um, but yeah, it is it is fantastic, and now we can get because obviously in COVID uh, COVID times we weren't allowed anybody on stage, mm-hmm. we weren't allowed into the audience, but this year we were, so we made sure that we. Uh, got all the way to the back <laughs> we try and keep it as inclusive as we possibly can um and and long may that continue because um, it is it is a it's a smashing venue and it's more they're doing more and more i don't know i'm telling you you work <laughs> you know this but uh, the, not everyone knows no, everyone, but the bat is it's trying to do more and more for the community because it does set it's a great big useful space in the heart of a of a, a huge thriving bustling community um with all kinds of people and it's doing its best to get people through the doors, and I think that's magnificent. I think the um, the youth theatre that we're starting is is uh, a good start as well to get young people in. Well, thank you. We will come back to the youth we'll theatre. We're going to put them in it because yeah. I want to play a little game with you. Now, oh, good. This is is the there t- a prize? Nope. This I'm not playing. I'm <laughs> this, not playing. This is the time that um, all you guys that are in the pantomime with Darren is you're going to want to just you know turn it up. Get a little bit closer. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> casting the panto, am I? No. <laughs> well, it was asked. But no. um, <laughs> Mr. West did put a request in, but you're we all right, Jake. There'll be an old fella in it this year. Don't panic. Oh, and he's cheap. Oh, he's cheap. <laughs> but he's fabulous. He's amazing. He's the best. He's Scunthorpe's second best actor, you know. Shout well, out to Mick Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> He'll love that. Um, <laughs> so we're going to play a game of. Um, we're going to get to know the Panto cast a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you've got to answer. I'll apologise in advance then. Real quickly, okay? okay? Don't, be, don't be that guy that's on the fence. <laughs> I, have to, I have to work with them. I always, I always say to, uh, to Tony, the producer, when it comes to casting, um, they don't have to be the world's greatest actor. Uh, because as long as I'm happy to spend my Christmas with them, <laughs> you know, I, I come away from my family for Christmas, they've got to be nice people, and they're such lovely people that I work with, so I'm a bit afraid of these questions. Nice, nicely preluded. They're all yeah. in jest, it's okay. okay. It's okay, it's all good. Okay, so right. no no thought. No Answer. thought. First one that comes to your mind. Go. <clears throat> Who is most likely to be late? Uh, <laughs> Jake. Who is most likely to eat all the snacks in the green room? Um, me. <laughs> Who's the last to learn their lines? Me. Who's the most talented? Jake West. <laughs> Who's the funniest? Um, Hamby Papas, for probably not reasons <laughs> that I can disclose. Who's the most generous? The most generous? Um, Lauren, definitely. Who's the most stylish? Stylish? That would be Jake West. <laughs> Who's the best dancer? Is it Jake best West? Best dancer. <laughs> uh, well, it's a toss-up between Jake West and Lauren. Who takes the longest to get ready? Hamby Papas, oh my days. He's probably in there now getting ready for Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Who's the most likely to get you into trouble? Uh, Hamby Papas. <laughs> Who's got the worst taste in music? Oh, Jess. Jessica just plays these terrible songs backstage. Yeah, so Jess. Who's got the best taste in music? Ooh, I think uh, Hamby Papas. <laughs> Who is most likely to be on their phone during rehearsal? Hamby Papas is always on his phone to his agent trying to get a better job. It's not going to happen, Hamby. Let it go. Let it go. Who's most likely to cops on stage? Zoe. Terrible. Absolutely terrible, but I love her for it. Who takes the role of group organiser in the WhatsApp chat? Uh, Jessica. Oof, crikey. Yeah, definitely. Who's got the messiest dressing room? 
Jake. Jake. His dressing room is a disgrace, <laughs> can I just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. His house is spotless. His dressing room looks like Steptoe's yard. <laughs> Who's most likely to lose their phone backstage? Um, me, probably. Who's most likely to bring home a stray animal? Uh, <laughs> that would be Zoe. Zoe's got a soft spot for animals. <laughs> Who's most likely to be found napping? Me. <laughs> Who do you reckon would be the first to die in a zombie apocalypse? Who'd be the first to die in a zombie apocalypse? Jake, he's a weak little child. <laughs> and who's the most likely to, to be the last one standing in a zombie apocalypse? Uh, Hamby Papas, because he would bar it. If you could see, his, his dressing room is already, like, nuclear proof. He could live in there. He has so many snacks, a coffee machine, th 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 everything. First aid kit. Yeah, yeah, definitely Hamby. That wasn't that bad, was it? Oh, that, was, that was good, that was good. I had to veto some of the questions because I knew you was going to answer them, so I thought we did all right. Oh, really? What was I need to know what the veto question is. No, I didn't put now. them on, I didn't write them down. I thought he's not going to answer that, so I'll go with no, it. Exactly. <laughs> open book. Oh, and, it's, and you know, it's funny, going through those questions, it's just it's just brought it all back. The um, the, the fun we have backstage is is off the chart, really. It really the, the, the whole TikTok thing came about because um, we'd, we'd, you know, the, the, I'm so old I don't know what it is I know my son knows what TikTok is and Lauren said oh you should have your own TikTok and I said oh, well if you if you'll run it and we will go for it and as, and as long as I don't have to learn any dance moves <laughs> and it just became it, it it was a thing last year because we couldn't go front of house and meet people and people couldn't come back say even my wife and son Joseph couldn't come backstage so we we were our own little community mm -hmm. last year and the TikTok things really became uh, like a a thing that gelled us together, that got us together. But people were saying, "What, what TikTok can we do? What should we do?" Uh, and it was a, it was a good way of sharing the, the the fun that we have backstage, on stage. Because I think it's it's important that you that you you get on and you have a good relationship with the people backstage because you, you are with them for an awfully long time. And if there's no deep, we don't have any divas, no diva strops. Nobody thinks they're better than anybody else, which is a joy of not having anybody like. No soap stars. No H from steps. No H from steps. I'm sure H from. I'm sure he's very lovely. I mean, in fact, I know he is. Um, but uh, yeah, just having real people that are from the town that know the town, I think it makes a difference. I think it. I really do. I hope it does. Absolutely. So I guess looking ahead, you write the panto. Write the panto. Direct the panto. Direct the panto. <laughs> Sing the theme tune. <laughs> Um, when do you start writing Beauty and the Beast, and how long does it take you? Already, already, it's in in my head because obviously it's not. We can't do the Disney version. There will be no Mrs. Potts. There'll be nobody stood with a like a candelabra for two hours um, because Disney would have something to say. About that. <laughs> um, we could. We used to be able to do Disney songs at the Plough Ride because it's it's uh, you know we're not on their radar. But the Bath Hall is a big venue, and so we have to be very careful what we do. So I've already already um, in my head. Uh, started working it out because what you have to do you have to make sure that you're true to the story like Cinderella this year for example there's certain things that you have to have you have to have the pumpkin you have to have Cinderella leaving at midnight you have to have um, a coach and the fairy godmother but a, a wrapped around that you can put in whatever you like and it's going to be the same with Beauty and the Beast there will be a story that that, that threads through it so that's the first thing that I look at and then I try and find things that are appropriate nice panto bits of business uh so i think we're going to have a wall this year which will be very entertaining a wall a wall a wall that's <laughs> an entertaining all, that, wall that's a very entertaining wall that's all <laughs> i can say for now but people in the panto 
business or, uh, will know exactly what I'm talking about. But we're going to have that, and that's that's great fun. I think we have to have the 12 days of Christmas, <laughs> otherwise there will be a riot, riot an absolute <laughs> riot. Uh, and what I like to do as well, and I start this very early, is thinking about the um, the musical numbers, the songs, because I go to see so many pantos, and they'll just put a song in for no reason, just because it's a, it's in the charts or it's popular at the minute. And it, for me, the songs in the show have to help move the plot along, otherwise they stop what's going on and... So this year, I was, it took a long time to get the songs right for this year, but I think the the, the girls smashed it out. They were cracking. That, that alone amazing. number, my yeah. favourite bit of the pantomime. Um, yeah. If you walked in, in where me and Nancy sit in this office, yeah. you would have seen us doing our own terrible version <laughs> of it. Every came over the show, really. We absolutely oh, loved it. that I have to see What a great, what a great, honestly, what a great song. <laughs> but it helped, it, it helped, it helped move the plot along because you got, you learned something about uh, Cinderella, you learned something about the prince and more importantly, you learned something about poor, poor uh, tragic oh, buttons. Oh, no, it was... Uh, it so that's the same that's, thing, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's important. So I've already started thinking about what songs I think. And my son Joseph is brilliant at this. He's sixteen, and so he's got his finger on the pulse with songs that are, the kids will know these days that that, that are quite um, that will help. And he's musical theatre mad. So every day we we have a talk. We talk about it every day. It does. <laughs> it's a good job I don't have a full time job anymore because I just wouldn't have time for it. And so when I'm out walking my dog, I'll be thinking about. Um, scenic structure and um, uh, plots and little subplots that you have to have going on to keep it interesting. So yeah, it starts now. I've already had a meeting with the producer Tony, excuse me about next year uh, and I've got another meeting coming up so it, it's, it starts pretty much straight away. Straight wow, away. that's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find um, uh, looking at scenic options as well, see what we can uh, see what we can find because I think the the scenery this year and and all the special effects that we had just just added to the magic and that that's that's um I mean that's a producer thing I I go to the producer and say I'd really love some dry ice and I'd like it <laughs> all right okay well we'll see what we can do and Tony bless him he he very rarely says uh, no for things like that but it's that's 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 magical if you take away. The dry ice, and if you take away the, the the snow and what have you, it wouldn't. The end would have just been Cinderella in a coach, <laughs> dragged off stage. So it's it's important that we remember that this is for some young people. It's their first visit to the theatre, and if we can make it magical enough, make it look spectacular, uh, then they'll come back time and time again because we're up against things like TikTok and DVDs and Netflix and all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's important that we do make it as magical as possible and keep true to the story. Keep true to the story. So I guess on young people, it is a good time mm. to now, this is what I want to finish on, is talk a little bit about the youth theatre because I know that uh, um, it's gone out there. We have had over over 350 people apply mm -hmm. to come and hang out with your refugees <laughs> and, and learn from the best, which is amazing. But um, bookings will be will be happening on the 23rd of January yeah. and it is on a first come first serve basis but so those that do get in what mm. can they expect what can they expect <laughs> well it's it's not just hanging around with and hanging around with Annie <laughs> Fanny for a start there is a purpose to it I remember uh, going to the youth theatre when I was uh, when I was a kid and I know it's the same for you mm -hmm. paid such uh, uh, an important part in my uh, in my upbringing for for lots of reasons not just to to make me uh, an actor 
but it improved my communication skills. I learned to listen to people, uh, learned, learned how to follow instructions. I was just like wandering through life, but it gave me, it gave me purpose. So hopefully with the, the acting classes, although we will be learning how to, to act and we'll be doing lots of drama exercises and trust exercises and getting to know each other, the most important thing is that it, th these are great transferable skills for life, learning to express your emotions, learning Absolutely. learning to read other people's emotions. So it'll be a lot to do with that, but it will be, it's learning without even without even knowing. That will just be a, a byproduct, if you like. Hopefully, in 20 years, they'll be at a job interview and they'll go, oh, do you know what? I, I realise I've smashed that interview because Annie Fanny told me <laughs> that eye contact is important and, you know, speaking clearly is important. So... It's going to be about that, really. And we'll put a, a show on at the Plowright Theatre in November. How exciting. Yes, very exciting. So I guess in your opinion, how important do you think it is that, that the youth of today actually do get involved or get that creative output in theatre? How important is theatre to it, young people? For, for, all, for all the reasons that I just mentioned, it's important. I think theatre particularly suffers from some people thinking that it's quite it's elitist and it's for rich people and it's or for, that you'll become a tree oh you become a tree. <laughs> i don't want to be a tree or a sword bearer when you when you join a football club you know that you're going to get a runabout and you're going to get to kick a ball that's that's mm -hmm. that's a, a, a given people it's an unknown thing for a lot of young people so when when they come to to the theater they're not going to know what to expect but they will very quickly realize that it is a safe space um, where they can be themselves and there's not many places you can be like that when you're at school when you're at school it's you have to be you know a lot of kids feel like they have to be in with a certain crowd and they have to be a certain way with their mates but when you come to the theatre and you can you know we'll do things on status so people will get the opportunity to be the strong person even if they're not they'll, they'll get an opportunity to to be a leader they'll get an opportunity to to see uh, life from through a, a, another person's eyes, really, and you don't yeah. get where else can you get to do that, really? But but theatre. I I'm not really an old woman, you know. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> uh, and so it's 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 great, and it, and in my time, I've played so many different parts, and you 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 bring life you bring life into it, and and I think if we can get young people into the theatre, not only to to take part in the 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 workshops and the drama exercises, but to Hopefully we'll be able to get some opportunities to come and see things as a group. That would be great. Because yes. we used to do that with my old youth theatre. We would go en masse to see, to see something at the theatre. And it's so useful um, as, a, as an introduction to the arts uh, to, to, to be with a group of like-minded young people who all like the same things that you do. Because when I was at school, as I said before, nobody really liked drama. So when I went and joined the National Youth Theatre to spend a whole summer with like-minded kids was just fantastic and really I guess it, it's more important in today's society as well isn't it when when kids are often spending a lot of time on their mm. phones and just communicating by typing yeah, um, yeah rather than not actually going out there and it's, I'm, you know I've got teenagers and stuff like yeah. that and they, they spend a lot of time they live down the road to each other mm. but they spend a lot of time having that yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. on a device without actually speaking out loud so yeah so le learning to learning to express yourself uh, without using caps lock or emojis is going to be a skill that's going to do put you in in good stead i know um my son although he is he's very computer savvy and he he's never been on a computer game in his life he he uses social media to interact with his friends because that's how you interact with certain friends but then he does he goes to a youth theater himself and he goes to dance classes and what have you um 
and that that it does make a, a huge difference in his life that, that that personal interaction because it is it is uh, lacking I think it's it has a lot to do with the the mental well-being of young people these days that there's no outlet for real emotions you have Absolutely, to just yeah. you, you can and it's not it's not every kid uh, but you you you're a certain way with with the virtual world there's so many filters there's no fil- there'll be no filters in our <laughs> new theatre no filters um, what so no, no be, doggies no no doggies no <laughs> no we might do a TikTok every now and again um, but yeah it's 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 an important life skill I think being a being able to uh, understand emotions not only con- control and, and know your own emotions but recognize it in other people recognize when your friends are upset because people are very good at hiding it but if if you spend enough time in a in a drama class learning about body language and and uh, the way people um, externalize um, the, the feelings it's going to be it's going to be useful uh, for, for yourself and for, and for others for those around you so Absolutely, and like you say, it's very transferable. I yeah, can, yeah, I've yeah. been able to stand up in front and deliver presentations, yeah. and that's everything I've learned in drama. That mm. is absolutely everything I've learned in yeah, drama, yeah, yeah. and it's it's about that confidence, isn't it? Mm. It's about communicating, and it's like you say, it's about being able to recognise, read the room. Mm. Yeah, yeah, read the room, <laughs> and listen, listening is. I never. I, it was the last thing that I learned really, but it was the most important lesson because acting is more often than not about reacting to what somebody mm-hmm. said, and if you're not listening. To what um, to what other people are saying, then how can you how can you react to it in a in a in an honest way? And especially, I know having a sixteen year old son that listening isn't uh, <laughs> it doesn't come naturally sometimes. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so so and I was exactly literally I was exactly the same. I didn't I didn't I very rarely listened to what was going on around me, and that's when you miss you miss important things in life. So listening is a very important skill for an actor, but also in life. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get started. I can't wait to get started. It's gonna be it's gonna be epic, uh, and hopefully get we get a nice range of um, nice range of uh, of kids with different abilities as well. Because there's no point having a room full of thirty Ian McKellens <laughs> who, are, who are already great at doing wow. Shakespeare and stuff. We need we need a uh, we need a nice mix, and I think we'll get it from the from the summer schools that I do here every year that are absolutely fantastic. It's great. We, we we welcome all abilities, and uh, everybody takes something away from it. The feedback we get is is fantastic. So this long term thing, hopefully, will uh, will bear lots of fruit. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, it's been great having you on. It's Thank been lovely. You so much for helping us launch this thing for the first it's all time. Right. It's all right. <laughs> Who's next? Who's next? Oh, we've got loads of people. Basically, if you perform in here, you're likely to be asked to be on the podcast. Oh, and um, there are. Um, we've put the the the, the word out, and uh, I've yeah. been surprised actually how many people are, are willing to come on and talk to me. Which it's is the real future, good. isn't it? Podcasts. I love a podcast. Mm. Do I? You listen to how you run? Listen to it while you wash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to listen to them all the time. They're great. So uh, good luck with this one. And I'm glad <laughs> I was your first. Thanks very much. And thank you for being gentle with me. <laughs> A huge thanks to Darren for stopping by and being our first ever podcast interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and learned a little bit more about, um, I guess, backstage at the Panto, um, a little bit more about how they put the whole thing together and that you're excited as I am for Beauty and the Beast next year. 
we get so many questions about when tickets are going on sale and we are hoping that they will go on sale in February. But the best way to make sure that you don't miss that announcement so you can get in there quick and get those front row seats so you can get absolutely soaked and tortured by the Pantocast Best way to make sure you don't miss that announcement is to be on our mailing list. All you have to do is head over to scunthorpetheatres.co.uk, click on About Us and then click Newsletter and you will be able to sign up and you'll get our newsletter every every week and we also pop uh, another email every week to give you a little bit more details about one of our up and coming shows and that's basically how much you hear from us. Unless we've got a huge pre-sale coming and then you get all that information first before anyone else as well so it's totally worth being on that mailing list. Before we go, um, we just want to give you a little bit of a heads up about some of the stuff that is going on this week at the Bath Hall and the Plowright Theatre. So pop over to the Plowright Theatre and to see the hospital players with their comedy, Waiting for God. It is based on the original um, 90s sitcom. Um, but you don't have to have seen that 90s sitcom to enjoy the play. It's based on it, but it is, it's funny and it's a, a great piece in its own right. The hospital players have been performing here um for well it's their 80th year this year um and yeah they're they're all they're always a safe pair of hands you know when you're going to go see a hospital place production you're going to see something fantastic and um i have been rightly informed that this one is no different and it's so funny so you can still grab your tickets for that you should be able to get some on the door as well so do make sure you pop over to the plowright theater to catch waiting for god it's on tuesday to saturday um, and tickets are two for £15, which is amazing. Over at the Bath Hall this week, we've got Circus of Horrors on Thursday, um, the 19th of January, which is a great bit. It is for over 16s only because there's a bit of nudity and foul language in there. But imagine a circus act that's a little bit terrifying. So they've got, you know, your fire eating, they've got some gruesome stunts and things like that. It is definitely a feast for the eyes, um, but don't bring any little ones to that one. Um, Friday, the 20th of January, We've got Hello Again, the Neil Diamond songbook. It's a fantastic tribute to the man himself and you can absolutely guarantee that you'll be singing Sweet Caroline from the top of your lungs. Then on Saturday, the 28th of January, we've got Lee Men Memphis King bringing One Night of Elvis. Lee Memphis King is a renowned tribute act to Elvis and tickets have been selling so fast for that night. So we know that that is going to be a really, really good night. If you are a fan of Elvis, then that is one you definitely do not want to miss out on that sums up our january we will be back soon with another exciting guest telling us about their up and coming show so do make sure you've hit that subscribe button um, because these aren't out regularly on a specific day so if you've got the subscribe button then it'll give you a little bit of a notification when the next episode comes out and you won't miss it also follow us on social media at the bath hall or at the plow right and you will be able to hear as well when something comes out from there. Thank you so much for joining us for our first episode. Hope you had a great time. See you soon.